Now in thy praise, eternal King, be all my thoughts employed. How can you be cast down for long if all your thoughts are employed in, the, in praise to the high King of Heaven? Amen. I'm glad you enjoyed reading those so much, Gerald. They're wonderful words. Amen. And how many people have put their trust in the fact that they are safe in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the hand of God His Father? Right. Let's turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. In John chapter 10 we read, verse 26, But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. It is commonly taught that if you want to be the sheep of Jesus Christ, then you need to believe on Christ. But this verse says you cannot believe on Christ because you're not of His sheep. They get the cart before the horse. Regeneration and becoming a sheep of Jesus Christ comes first before you can believe Him. Jesus told them they didn't believe because they were of the goats and not of the sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And here is what we want in verse 29. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. Even when we're in this tender passage of John chapter 10, which many people have read and used and comforted themselves, and how many pictures have been painted with Jesus as a shepherd of sheep, it says, My Father which gave them me is greater than all. The sheep that Jesus Christ has did not give themselves to Christ. God gave them to Jesus Christ. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now let's go over to Daniel chapter 4 that was just read to us as well. Daniel chapter 4. What wonderful timing for the person that picked the song, Be Thou My Vision, the the way the Lord arranged it to sing about the High King of Heaven after reading about the High King of Heaven. The Bible does tell us that Nebuchadnezzar was a king of kings. But what does that make God Almighty? The King of Kings. Because the Lord raised up certain kings as high as He could in order to be king over them. Even for this same purpose, if I raised up Pharaoh, Exodus 9.17, Romans 9.17, that I might display myself in him and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth rather than his. We talk about that Pharaoh and we've talked about him for 4,000 years. But it's because he said, who is the Lord that I should obey him? And then Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his heart and eyes and voice against the king of heaven and God humbled him. But we had read to us in verse 35, He doeth according to His will in the army of heaven. Let's think about salvation and our Savior for a few minutes that we have about the will that's involved in salvation. We are not free will Baptists. We reject and deny free will Baptists who have sucked up to the teats of the Roman Catholic Church in saying that man has a free will. In the Council of Trent that was in the 1500s, the Roman Catholic Church issued an anathema for anyone that would deny that man does not have a free will or that free will is merely a figment of human imagination and that it is not involved in man's salvation. Anathema to them. That means let them be cursed. Okay, your curse is our blessing. Because the Bible tells us that he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. 
And let's quickly think about what the Bible says about will. It tells us about our will. And it tells us about His will. And it should be settled once and for all as we think about Jesus as our Savior from the standpoint of the will involved in salvation. Romans chapter 9, where we were earlier today. Romans chapter 9. What will are you dependent on for your salvation? What will accomplished your salvation? There's so much effort made to teach that God has done everything He can do. Now it is up to your will, sinner, to get saved. Let's see. Romans chapter 9. We considered Jacob and Esau earlier today. We briefly mentioned verse 15, but let's look at it closely. We've looked at it before. But let's see the four combinations that are in there of a will. He saith to Moses. God saith to Moses. Romans 9.15 I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Four declarations of the will of God being the sovereign dispenser of God's compassion and His mercy. He want, the Lord Jesus Christ once said to a leper, I will be thou clean. Amen. What happened? He was clean. In this case, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. It does not say I will have mercy on who wants my mercy. It doesn't say I will have mercy on who asks for my mercy. It doesn't say I will have mercy on who wills for my mercy. It doesn't say, I will have mercy on those with free will that exercise it toward my mercy. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Salvation rests on those two pillars. Without the mercy and compassion of God, no one would be saved. But that mercy and compassion is dispensed and given by the sovereign will of God. The being that chooses to give mercy and wisdom to any man is God Himself. It's declared four times as clearly as it could be stated. How could it be said any better than that? So we may conclude in verse 16, So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Don't we love these verses? Didn't they speak volumes to our soul when we first read them with understanding? Didn't they cut out so much of organized religion when we understood them for the first time? So then, there's a conclusion from verse 19. And we constantly make this conclusion when we're speaking of salvation. It is not of him that willeth. God's mercy and God's compassion is not by the exercise of your will or any other man's will. It is not of him that runneth. No evangelistic efforts are going to accomplish the salvation that is based upon God's mercy and compassion. It's the will of God. But men hate that sovereign power of God, whereby His mercy and compassion is dispensed according to His own good pleasure. They believe that they have a right to it, a claim to it, and that they can go get it whenever they want it. But it ain't their want. It's His want. I want to show mercy, and I will. And I want to harden and not show mercy, and I will. So what does verse 17 say? He mentions Pharaoh. And what does 18 say? Therefore, 
having illustrated the point of verses 15 and 16 with the example of Pharaoh, we may draw a conclusion. Therefore, hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. You know why I'm looking at you, Adam. Oh, you want your brother to see those things, don't you? So do I. My brother's here. I'm waiting for the day when your brother's here. Those are wonderful verses. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy. He states the doctrine in verse 15. He draws a conclusion that it certainly can't be the human will of anyone because verse 15 from the scriptures has declared it to be God's will. He gives an illustration not from Paul's childhood fishing trips but from the word of God about Pharaoh and then draws another conclusion in verse 18. Therefore... God hardens some according to His will, and God shows mercy according to His will. And if you question that, He tells you, stop your questioning and don't ask any more questions. Because Paul doesn't, Paul doesn't say in verse 19, Thou wilt then say unto me, Why doth he yet find fault for who hath resisted His will? He doesn't go on in verse 20 to say, No, you misunderstood me. When you sin, you do resist His will. When you don't invite Jesus into your heart, you're resisting His will. Paul does not say that. Paul does not say you've gone too far to, to raise the objection, why does God still find fault? Because His will's always being accomplished. He doesn't say you've misunderstood. He has said you have no right to ask the question. Hath not the potter power over the clay to make something and that thing formed cannot say to him that formed it, why have you made me this way? Do you understand the language of Holy Spirit reasoning right here telling us that the way that we're reasoning through these verses is absolutely what the Holy Spirit intended because the Holy Spirit keeps raising the questions that the natural mind wants to raise and then answering them. There is no answer to that. You are clay. He's the potter. Submit. Believe. Tremble. Beg for mercy. No one's ever begged for mercy. Sincerely, that didn't obtain mercy. The thief begged for mercy, and the Lord gave him mercy. What wonderful words. Verse 19, thou wilt say then, Paul and the Holy Spirit knew that this objection would be raised. How can God find fault with anyone if they are working out the will of God in their lives? Who are you, O man? Shall the thing form? Question the one that formed it. And then he goes on to the potter. And then he goes on, verse 22, to say this. What if God... Always Remember this verse. Right. What if God... Willing. willing. Amen. What if God willing? What if God willing? They're going to quote 2 Peter 3.9 to you. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but His long-suffering to us were not willing. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, now how can it say not willing in 2 Peter 3.9, and how can it say willing in Romans 9.22? Because in 2 Peter 3.9, it's only to usward. The elect of God. God is not willing that any of them should perish. It says that in the verse. But in Romans 9.22, it's the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. And God is willing. But He's not willing that any of His elect should perish. What if God willing 
to show His wrath and to make His power known. There's the purpose of why God made some that were not saved. Endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. And that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy, which He had afore prepared unto glory. When did He prepare us unto glory? Before the world began when He chose us in Christ Jesus. Who are they? Even us. Paul the writer, the Romans, the church, the, the saint of, the church of saints of believers in Rome, even us, whom he hath called, remember called according to his purpose? It all fits together. Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Some of the Gentiles, some of the Jews are vessels of mercy prepared for the riches of God's glory. We're looking at his will. Look at Ephesians chapter one. That was plain enough. We shouldn't hardly need another text. Ephesians chapter 1. We've read through this many times, and so let's just quickly grab the expressions of the will of God that's involved in our election and predestination, forgiveness of sins, eternal inheritance, and so forth. Now, the word will is in this passage. Ephesians 1.5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. His will. Ephesians 1.5. Ephesians 1.9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, which he hath purposed in himself. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. We read that earlier. But we want the three expressions in these two long sentences about the will of God. It's His will that operates first. If we ever believe the gospel, as Paul did, he's in verse 13, he's in verse 12, and the Ephesians, they're in verse 13, the Gentile believers, If we ever believe and we exercise our will toward God, it's because He exercised His will toward us first. Because His will began in eternity past. And how do we cut to the chase and make this simple for someone? For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Philippians 2.13 If you ever have a will toward God, it's because God worked it in you. And we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. When you have a will toward God and the things of God, it's because God worked it in you. And how does He work it in you? For we are His workmanship. What's the next word? Created. Created. Not remedied, not helped, not encouraged, not coddled. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I'm not mad at anyone except false. I love the truth of the Bible. Amen. Do you remember the first love we had when we, when we read these things and they jumped off the page at us and embraced us and presented a sovereign God to us and a glorious Savior who was all sufficient and completely victorious? Do you remember? Amen. We can't let that slip. We, need, we want to renew it and, re, and review it and remind ourselves and remember the first works and do them again. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Oh, there's a will involved in salvation. And it's a free will. (laughs) Do you believe that? There's there's a free will involved in salvation. It's God's free will. Because God's will is not bound by anything but righteousness. 
And he exercised, I will have mercy on whom I will. Does that sound pretty free? He's not saying, I will have mercy on whom I'm constrained to show mercy. No, he's got the free will. So I guess we're free will Baptists. But it's God's free will, not ours. Hebrews chapter 10. This is from Psalm 40. I hope you'll trust me. It says in the volume of the book, it is written of me. It's from Psalm 40, verses 7 and 8. I'm going to start at verse... I'll start at verse 6. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. God was His, his legal claims against sinful men were not satisfied by animal sacrifices and burnt offerings. They, they provided no pleasure for God in any lasting legal way. Verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, To do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings, and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first covenant, that he may establish the second covenant. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And the will there is the will of God. Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. By the which will, that will that's just been described, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. God was not happy with animal sacrifices. They did not satisfy the legal claims of His justice against us. So God prepared a body for the Lord Jesus Christ and gave His will to come and die for us. And lo, I come to do Thy will, O God, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hebrews 10.10 We've been over John 6.38 in the last three weeks so many times we can just remember it, can't we? For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will. Because he came to do the will of God. Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. And this is the will of him that sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. There is a will involved in salvation. And it is the free will of God and the free obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ to obey that will. That is how we are saved. That is why we call this sermon, Jesus Saves. Amen. We have heard that. Joyful sound, Jesus saves by obeying the will of God. God's given His will. How much of you have you obeyed? Do you want to rest your eternal destiny on His on obeying His will? The Lord Jesus Christ obeyed for us because it's by the obedience of one. All the verses fit together in the whole Bible to lift up a glorious Savior who has saved us. By doing the will of God, which is a free will that shows its mercy and compassion to whom it will show it. And to whom he will, he hardens. I come to do thy will, O God. Did the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Lord and our Savior, have reason to reflect and think upon that in the Garden of Gethsemane? Uh Father, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. 
That's a sinner's prayer, isn't it? That's a prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ for sinners by the fact that he would do what God called him to do, and that was to die and have that body killed for us, the body that God had prepared him. Look at John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Oh, those were exciting days when we first heard the truth about the powerful, sovereign will of God in our salvation. John 5.21 For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom He will. Not who wills to be quickened, but whom He will. Is how the Bible wants us to get it. As the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom He will. How much of your will can be operative when you're dead? You need to be raised up. Your will can't be operative, but His is operative because He lives forever. And He raiseth up whom He will. Look at John 3, 8. John chapter 3 and verse 8. Do you know what the word listeth meaneth? Listeth. Let's see. Jesus would say that a governor of the ship turneth it whithersoever he listeth, pleases, or wills, wherever he wants to go. He turns the rudder and steers the ship to wherever he wants to go. It's his will, the governor's will. And in this case, we read these words, the wind bloweth where it listeth. The wind bloweth where it pleases or where it wills. The wind goes where it wants to go. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Everyone that is born of the Spirit is born by the Spirit of God, blowing wherever the will of God directs that Spirit. Just like the wind blows wherever it wants to go, and you are not going to stop it. John 3, 8. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. If you have a love for God in you, it's because you're born of the Spirit. If you love to hear the Gospel, it's because you're born of the Spirit. If you love to sing the praises of Jesus Christ, it's because you're born of the Spirit. And how were you born? Because the Spirit moved where He wanted to. Because God will have mercy and compassion on whom He will have mercy and compassion. Just like the wind blows wherever it wants to. And so there's the will involved in our regeneration. It's the will of God. In James 1.18, it says, of his, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Right. Of his own will is what the Bible tells us in James 1.18. Look at Matthew 11. Before people start worrying about whosoever will, why don't they learn whomsoever will? I think you'll like this. Matthew 11, before fussing about whosoever will, and they find that little combination over in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17, whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Before you worry about whosoever will, you better figure out whomsoever will. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Lord. Look at this. Matthew 11, we have to start at 25. Matthew 11:25. 25, at that time, 
Don't, don't we already know the answer? So then it is not of him that willeth. Don't we already know the answer from John 5, 40? And ye will not come to me that ye might have life? We already know that there is no whosoever will without God working that will into them. Amen. Them already having life. But they lay hold of it for their own pleasure and the satisfaction of their soul. We invite Jesus into our heart not to get saved, but for fellowship and assurance and reassurance in our relationship with God. Matthew eleven twenty five. at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. That's the will of God. Verse 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Whoever knows the Father, whomsoever, whom makes it an object being acted upon, whomsoever the Son will reveal him. This isn't a whosoever will, it's a whomsoever will. When the Bible uses whosoever will, that is a subject predicate combination, meaning that the, that the man is exercising his will, but this one is God exercising his will upon the man. Because it's Jesus Christ that determines whom will have the Father revealed to him. This is the one you want first. Because God has to reveal Jesus Christ to you, and Jesus Christ must reveal the Father to you. Listen to what Jesus said in John 17. What, you, know, you know the verse 2 where it says, As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Right. That, Father, this is why you gave me authority, and you gave them to me, and I give them eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Eternal life is given in order for a man to know about God and His Son, Jesus Christ. You don't learn about God and Jesus Christ in order to get eternal life. That's getting the cart before the horse. Right. Whomsoever the Son will reveal Him. That's what we want to learn before we worry about whosoever will. And how do we worry about whosoever will? For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. If anyone wills and wants to take the water of life and lay hold upon eternal... It's called that in the Bible. Laying hold of eternal life. If they ever want to do that, it's because God worked it in them. And if God didn't work them in there, no man would ever do it. Ye will not come to me that ye might have life. Notice that. There's the will of God... And the will of the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew eleven twenty seven, He to whomsoever the Son will reveal Him. That is the will of God that determines who knows the Son, Jesus Christ. And it's the will and operating power of the Lord Jesus Christ that reveals God to any man. John 1, 13. John 1, 13. A quarter of you already know where I'm going when I say it. But the other three quarters need to hear it as well. And I'm sorry if you're bored, but we shouldn't get bored with the Word of God. Amen. John 1.13 
Have you ever heard these words? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Have you heard those words? That's not a full sentence. It's only half of a sentence. And the other half tells us how the first half occurred. Which were born. Which were born. Not of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh. Not, Not of blood, nor of the will of man. Well, let's just start over again. That's what quoting will get you. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If a man receives Jesus of Nazareth as the Christ of God, the Son of God, it is because he was born by God. He did not obtain that ability to see and recognize the Lord Jesus Christ by blood. It certainly wasn't a Jewish thing. He didn't obtain it by the will of the flesh, because man does not have a free will to choose to believe on Jesus Christ. It's not the will of the flesh. We need another nature and exercise its will, and it's when we're made spirit. And it's not the will of man. There's not a father, a mother, a godfather, or a godmother that can help you get saved or to receive Jesus Christ. It's by the will of God and His power. Look at Psalm 10 and verse 4. Man has a free will. Do you know what they think? This is how deep an Arminian thinks. Because man can choose between chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream, they think he has a free will. Because he still has his intelligence and he's still making a decision. But what they're not thinking about is the human heart that directs the decision making. And here's what the Bible says. Psalm 10 and verse 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. The decision making is corrupt. It's corrupt because his heart is filled with pride, and he will not humble himself to a creator that can tell him how he must live. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. He would choose the devil over God. He would choose sin over righteousness. He did in the beginning, and he would do so more than Adam Because now he has a corrupt and fallen nature. God's will is not to try to save, but to save. And he only saves those he wills to save. Because it's all wrapped up in the will of God. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2, a verse I quoted to the young man sitting over there. Philippians chapter 2, because I want you to see it. When you see and hear something... The level of retention is raised greatly. Philippians chapter 2. Let's start at 12. Philippians 2.12, Paul writes to this church in Philippi of Macedonia, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do, of his good pleasure. You work it out, By doing those things that God has put inside you to do, to willing to do toward Him. And he goes on to list several of them. 
by not murmuring and not disputing and being blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke. Work out those things with fear and trembling because that is the evidence of eternal life because it's God that worked that will and that doing inside you. That's the will of God. Whenever we show a will, it's because God already worked that will into us. I wanted you to see it. Man pompously declares his sovereignty when it comes to his will. They say, if God were to overrule my will, then that would just make me a robot. If God were to overrule my will, that would just make me a puppet. And we say, if the Lord didn't overrule my will, I'd be a robot for the devil himself. And if the Lord didn't overrule my will, I'd be a puppet of the devil for the rest of my life. Because according to the word of God, we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And by nature, I am a child of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, for with he loved us, for by grace ye are saved, has quickened us, made us alive from that condition by putting his will in us. They say God cannot save you against your will. We say God better save us against our will or we won't be saved. Look at Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. You know, when the Bible tells us about the strong man keeping us in his palace, meaning the devil in his kingdom, right. and then a stronger man comes along and breaks into that palace and rescues us and spoils the strong man's goods, meaning us, we're what he had. When the Bible tells us that, I don't want you to think for a minute, because the Bible doesn't say this at all, and I just quoted the verses to prove it from Ephesians 2. Don't you think for a minute that you had your face pressed up to the iron bars of your prison cage, your cage in that palace, and you were screaming for Jesus Christ to come and rescue you. You were not doing that at all. You were clicking your heels and saluting to the devil himself, following him in everything that he wanted you to do. There is nothing in the Bible that tells us we were struggling to get away from the devil. I want to show you another will. And it's stronger than your will. The servant of the Lord, 2 Timothy 2.24. Forgive me when I just jump in. 2 Timothy 2.24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will... Give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. He is far stronger than we are and we're very agreeable to his designs for us because of our fallen corrupt nature and we are taken captive by him at his will. And what is the What is the deliverance? Is it the wisdom and skill of the Apostle Paul? Is it the wisdom and skill of Timothy? No, it's the peradventure of God. The peradventure of God. What's his peradventure? 
if it would be his will to grant repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. This is the word of the Lord, and this is how we are saved. Jesus saves. By the will of God, Jesus came to do it. The will of God assigned us to the Lord Jesus Christ and assigned the Lord Jesus Christ to us. That's the will of God in salvation. He chose to deliver us. We were children of wrath even as others. We were taken captive by Satan at his will. We had no will toward God because the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. But God, who is rich in mercy, worked his will into us, exercised his will toward us. And any good that we ever choose to do and actually do is by the grace of God, which we should be working out with fear and trembling every day of our lives to prove that we are truly the sons of God by the works that make it manifestly plain. Yes, we believe in free will, the free will of God, and we are saved by Jesus Christ obeying God's will and coming to die for us. And we should use our will this week to serve Him and His saints, to be ready to come together on Wednesday evening and sing His praise, to get our children ready to read the Word of God in the year 2009, to humble ourselves and confess our sins. We should be exercising our will with fear and trembling. It proves that He's worked that will into us, and we can lay hold of eternal life. When you're wondering about the whosoever will, take the water of life freely. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you something that it's proving that you're in the whomsoever of Matthew chapter 11. That the Lord Jesus Christ has revealed His Father to you and His Father has chosen by His will to send His Spirit where it listeth. And so is every one that is born of the Spirit. I hope quoting them together helps it just meld in your minds. This is the word of the Lord. And we humble ourselves, O God, before you and your word, believing this to be the truth of the gospel. Amen.